Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which is riddled by whatever we're feeling that day, maybe a little saltiness, maybe a little bitterness. But at the end of the day, hopefully, we'll give you something with a mild, sweet taste. Hi, we're DocuSweeties. I always change it up. (laughs) Hello. So today we're talking about... Uh, the Netflix docuseries, Killer Sally. We're going to be doing episode one, and that episode is called Valentine's Day. Um, before we get into it, Chris, what was your overall feeling of this? Well, we should say this. I want to say trigger warning to anyone that has any sort of like domestic abuse or sexual abuse thing. You know, this is a docuseries about um, a very toxic relationship that also uh, dealt and has uh, has a lot of things happening. So my loves, if you have uh, triggers for those, you know, be please be mindful. Um, so I liked this docuseries for the simple fact that I know it's going to give us a plethora of different topics to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about race. We're going to talk about gender. We're going to talk about like fetish stuff and sex stuff like that. We're going to talk about... Um, law and legal stuff or i mean you know it's just like there's a lot to unpack here and so i mean yeah yeah i'm like down for it i guess i really enjoyed it i it 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 was highs and lows i cried at certain parts i felt there's like yeah it's a lot it's a lot and it was great i mean sometimes we watch these docuseries and we don't know what we're getting into and we're like oh whoever produced it, like, like what, who did they interview? But like, not this, this was like pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so let's jump right in. So this episode's called Valentine's day and we open up on footage of killer Sally. She is in her sexy army fatigues. Um, and she's promoting her personal, uh, wrestling skill. (laughs) Like, So this is where, this is kind of where we touch kink uh, in this episode, just a little bit, where we just talk about um, how the nineties were with hotlines and calling in to get information. I just, just finished watching Call Me Miss Cleo. So I'm very like, wow, the nineties, it was a whole thing and I lived it and I loved it. So party lines. Wait, did you call party lines? I didn't. My cousins did. And I like would do when I was there. I just, I never was brave enough to call anything. Did you? God, I feel like I did. Of course I did. Right. I was just like so lonely and bored all the time. Just like, you know, just like an only child, just like full of, you know, I feel like, yeah, I did once. And this guy was like wanting us to talk dirty and I was like fully 12, you know, and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. So like, yeah, it was, um, it it was just interesting seeing her be like, yeah, my name's Killer Sally McNeil. And if you want to wrestle with me, call the number at the end of this video. And uh, she looks good. I was like, you know, for female bodybuilders, which in general, I, I am, after watching this, I'm trying to get to a place where I look at them and I go, okay, that's okay. <laughs> but for the longest time, I'm like, no, um, but I thought she looked good. Um, and then we, next thing we hear is the 911 call that she made after she shot her husband, Ray McNeil and her daughter crying in the bathroom. Then we start where they tell us a little bit about, um, the, the, their past. So, um, they lived in a small apartment in San Diego. 
Um, she says she's we, her interviews of her uh, in this episode are she's not wearing orange jumpsuit, but she's clearly wearing government issued clothing. Yes. Talk about the shoes, Chris. Let's. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the shoes aren't great. You know, they're a little like, you know, they government issued shoes, you know, yeah. but like. You can tell that she at this point, I think, was like minimum security. It felt that way. Like it wasn't, yeah, full things. So yeah, Killer Sally is Sally McNeil. And we're going to follow her relationship with um, a man that she was with, uh, Ray McNeil. So they married and she had two children uh, from a prior relationship. And um, it's interesting how there's going to be like repeated patterns of, of certain things. A domestic violence and then also be um people who go go in the military you know like this is these are military people they are and i my grandfather was in the military but like he died in such a early stage of my life that like i don't have direct knowledge of the discipline and mindset and personality of hardcore military folk you know what i'm saying and like is what that means i know it means something different you know and uh in the sense of what you have a sacrificed and thank you so much for doing it for you know our like literally our personal freedoms but also be like the discipline involved and like getting up early and like going into battle and the ptsd and like the all of it is very very intense and so Following that, it's also very interesting. So basically, let me tell you this. So Sally McNeil, which is like a girl, God bless, she she and her mom, um, like kind of, she never really knew her dad and her mom remarried a her stepdad and her stepdad um, was bad, okay? And they had two kids and she kind of always felt other. Yeah. She gets really and good at sports. Yeah, we jump they give us more details in the, in the latter episodes um, regarding that, but that's kind of where she's coming from. So um, it's, it's interesting how they choose to layer in the information um, mm-hmm. in this show, uh, in this docuseries, because like they give us information first. It's, it's a manipulation to a certain extent. They don't give it to us chronologically. Like we don't start at the beginning of her life and go, we don't learn about everything that she's done until the last episode. Um, so these first two episodes are just kind of setting up, um, what led to the murder. So, uh, she met Ray, her husband of like eight years in the military. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, she herself first started bodybuilding, um, in the Marine Corps, like in the in 87 and she won a bodybuilding contest and she, um, you know, I imagine this is what I imagine. I imagine that she is a woman in the military in the late eighties. And we know that women in the military have a tough go at it. There is a lot of cases of rape. There's a lot of cases of mistreatment of women. Um, and, uh, a lot of evidence that shows that the military doesn't do everything they can to protect the women. 
And so when she starts bodybuilding, the only thing I can think of is because people are probably trying to attack her. And so she feels like she needs to like bulk up and like, and she's also competitive, we find out. Um, so like, that's something that's just innate and natural in her. Um, and so she wins this contest and her picture kind of gets circulated and the bodybuilding world within the military is like its own little faction. So Ray, her husband, not at the time, but this, you know, sergeant um gets a hold of her picture and tells the person and is like oh my god she's you know she's quite handsome and uh, she looks good and so um he when she meets him she's like oh my god he is so beautiful and he's like the statue of david and let me tell you this man is fine he's big Every, he's but he's fine oh yeah no he's a handsome guy he looks i mean he looks like he could have been in the movies like i you know like they talk about the fact that when Ray meets her, she's he's yes a sergeant, but he's also like already been doing uh, the weightlifting thing like to a scale that she hasn't yet. Like he's like kind of like well known, especially in the military small part of the military wrestling thing. He's like a star, and you know at the mil- he's going to want to go like pro, and there's going to be like certain like competitions for him to get there. And he really truly looks like. I mean, he could have been in every 90s, like, <laughs> comedy as, like, the big burly security guard that's, like, either dumb or, you know, whatever it is, you know, like, you know, because he, he's huge. And they talk about early on in their dating when they, like, liking Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, like, Arnold is the face of, like, this kind of Miss U- Mr. Universe style thing. They actually did, like, a little bit of a nice job also, like, giving us tiny bit of history of that subculture which is you know yeah like the way that those people looked early on in the competitions is like peanuts to what they look like now it's kind of like you know it's interesting the the ability of human nature to grow and develop because if you ever watched early figure skating they're doing the things like their top performers at figure skating are doing like maybe like a double of something or other, you know what I'm saying? And we have like quadruple now. It's crazy what the strength of like that work can do. I know it's just like you compound upon each other. And so, yes, the men looked like the first early men looked just like kind of like average Joe Schmoes who were just built, like had a barrel chest, but also drank. Like there was fat everywhere and just looked like they were like the brawling guy at the bar that like, yeah, like you wouldn't talk shit to, but like he doesn't try and have that. He was born that way. Yeah. He's like a bricklayer. So he works naturally, whatever his job is, it naturally builds muscle. But Chris is right. They also are drinking too. So it's like, (laughs) it's like not that fit. Um, they're also I mean, not doing steroids. I mean, I don't think they yeah. are because I don't think they they exist yet. So yes. from that man to what Ray, o- Ray O'Neill looks like is like, a, I mean, version 10.0. It's like, oh, it's a completely different person. And then the women start off being like, kind of like models or like, no, they look like Miss Universe pageant people with like slight arm tone, slightly more arm tone. And then as we know, like women will get bigger and bigger and bigger and their physique will have to be bigger and bigger to compete. It's just so yeah. interesting. It's, it's really interesting. And also crazy is that like, there's just, just such a small microcosm of people who like fit into that. She felt very special being with him and they married after two months of knowing each other. And she really thought this is a great guy to be, I'm trying to do her voice. This is a really great guy to be, you know, a stepdad to my kids. Cause she had already had two kids. 
um, her daughters, Shantina and her son, John. Um, and so Shantina recalls this um, relationship and says that her mother was beyond in love with Ray. Like her nose was wide open and that there was lots of good time. And just like her nose I, was wide open. Mm -hmm, that's a, that's a, that's the phrase that she uses, but it's also a phrase that is like commonly used. Uh, I've heard before. It's like when you're in love or like whatever your like nostrils are just like wide open. Like, I don't know <laughs> what it is. That but, is like, Crazy. <laughs> yeah um but that's how she has how shantina describes it um and so she says that uh there's lots of video and it's it's interesting because like i wish that there was more video of my childhood like i wish there was somebody in my i mean there's cameras like there's pictures but like i wish that some we had a camcorder i just wish that like there was this footage there were some vhs tapes like hidden away not damaged by sun or water <laughs> that could be pulled out to show like that time of our lives. So it was kind of nostalgic for me to see all of the times that um, they had gone to like Epcot Center, which we now call like, you know, it's basically just Universal Studios now. Um, and how Ray was just like wearing the, like the tightest leggings to ever have on a human body. And like just the jerriest of the jerry curls and just the raddest of the rat tails. Like, I mean, he was just an early nineties black man to the T and like they would go places and they were interracial <laughs> and their kids were blonde. Like it was like, they were their own little show. Yeah, his neon, the tightest pants, and his like just everything bulging out. Like Shantina's like, people would stare. People just stare, you know, like people would stare at us. Like, and yeah, he's huge. And I mean, yeah, no. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. So again, so Sal one thing about Sally, God bless, she definitely likes her men like dark. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so her first husband was black and he, she has two kids and as we talked about and they have when they're young the blondest hair you know like it's and then as they get older it's they're it's like a little different or whatever you know but um yeah you know like i loved all the neon it was just like it was just the most like 90s 80s like it was kind of like 80s at this time i feel like it's late 80s right like in the in the disneyland stuff right because i feel oh. like yeah, because they're together eight years. And I think they I think that he dies like November on the 94, 95, right? Yeah, they get together in 87, because that's when yeah. she goes there. And then um, yeah, so I don't I'm not sure when we're seeing this footage, but it's, it's very it's very early nineties, late eighties for sure. So he wins the military bodybuilding um pageant in a <laughs> competition, competition in uh 1990 and he leaves the military in 1991 to go pro uh because of like all the things that he's garnering from there um and so they start to it, they interview this like sportscaster at the time who is like on a wait what is it, is it okay this is what i think as i look like i was like okay did they just get done filming the bachelor here a confessional <laughs> for the bachelor there is he's on a stage with roses everywhere he looks like he just got thrown off the bachelor and he's about to like cry about it and the date was something at a theater like that's and i was like why is this man here it makes no sense no sense and there's like a statue behind him of looking like a like a small oscar and like it's gold it's just like it was weird i was like exactly why is this sportscaster there um but i mean they used him as a reference because he was he was one of the earlier sportscasters who talked about bodybuilding before you know because they they, they like you know it's it's a niche community um so how many t's was in that, hmm? was in that word communities <laughs> like, like communities uh or 
for uh <laughs> commute you to look like big mr t talk about it you know like i just i kept looking at ray being like god if like you're so close to la like how are you not in things i'm like i just he looks so much like a person that could have been a very big deal in hollywood i'm not saying maybe he can't act but he would have been in things just because yeah. of what he looked yep, yep 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 yep. you don't have to act um and so we we learn a little bit about sally she hated her job she was in the military for 11 years she was a cook in the mess hall she yeah. hated cooking um she's like money was tight and the kids were like john and shantina both said that they had two parents who were dedicated athletes and they were poor living in a two bedroom apartment in San Diego. Um, so then they started to give us a little bit of information about the bodybuilding competitions. There was eight poses. Um, they really looked at you for size shape, but it was all subjective. So it's like you, it was kind of like who, how, whoever many, however many judges think that you look good and, you can see the bulging and you can see whatever. And the kids really liked the competitions as well. They loved being there, rooting for their families because their parents were kind of an anomaly. Like the mom looked good. The dad looked good. They, you know, if they weren't winning, they were placing. Um, and it was it, it was really hard at that time to decide whether or not it was a sport, it was an art, or if it was a pageant, which is why I kind of said it was a pageant. Because, I mean, it's kind of all three, right? It's the art of bodybuilding, of getting your body to a certain place in that discipline, right? It's a sport, I guess, because of the competition version of it and the athleticism required. Um, but then it's a pageant because you're, like, walking across the stage, <laughs> like, showing off your body. So I thought that was really, really interested, uh, interesting. And yeah. to kind of, yeah color the context they talk about linda murray who was miss olympia uh and and she talks about how she was miss olympia seven eight times where arnold schwarzenegger was mr olympio or olympia seven times so ha 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 and then i look at her and i'm like steroids chris what do we think yes, yes everyone yes there's no way i'm yeah i think that i think across the board my loves it's like that thing where if you are winning at that level i think that i think that's just undercurrent most top athletes i think and i hate to say that probably have to deal with some amount i just want to tell you but um yeah i he they say about the fact like yeah they're living in an apartment as i said and they're shopping at costco and they're buying steaks by like the dozen you know what i'm saying and like <gasps> sally gets a steak shantina gets a steak john gets a steak and then you know john ha or wait ray ray sorry then ray gets 10 steaks you know like this man is busy you know and yeah like he also isn't winning. Like you don't get to make a lot of money. And so their, their apartment is small. Like we see it, you know, like it's a lot for like, those are big people too. So Ray considers like, yeah, he considers weightlifting as an art for him. I think that he really looks at his body as being like a, a palette for which to express himself. And he, you know, it's interesting. It's like, if you were born with some natural ability for whatever it is, let's just say like you, you're born with a good ear, you can sing. Like, I think that there are probably, I've never been an athlete. So I just assume that you, there are natural born athletes that feel the drive to micro perfect their body. I've never had that. I've never been like, I got to get that muscle bigger. I mean, like I've more been like, I'd like to lose some weight or tone up or whatever, but it's such an interesting thing to have such control and like want to have such control over like the aspect of your body in such a way. It's yeah. a very interesting relationship that I just won't ever have, you know. Were you surprised that there was Costco in 1991? Because I don't remember it at all until like at least 2002. Yeah, I, I think I did know that. Yeah, it's been Warren Buffett's portfolio for a long time. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, I didn't know it. Um, So 
The kids we'll like to- him for a second. The kids, I don't know where the shift happens where he, the kids start to be like, they're seeing him be like a superhero and winning a, you know, winning things and titles, and they're going on stage as a family. They like having a dad around, but then suddenly it just is just kind of shifts, right? No, um, we we hear later on Sally say in another episode, the latter episode, that he hit her. The first time he hit her was like three days after they got married. So it, it, it was something that had been happening. Maybe they just they were too young to like recognize it as not normal. Um, so Ray had insecurities. He never thought he was big enough. He would talk to his friends about it. And everyone was like, dude, calm down. And they talked about him being a control freak because you have to be at that level, right? You have to be somebody who's like super scheduled and in control. And I imagine that he was probably a nightmare to be around. Um, then he, we have another friend who comes in who was a gym owner and that gym owner was taking steroids. And so it was kind of this like open secret that on the side, he was selling those supplements, which were steroids, to different people. Um, and Ray started taking those supplements. And as well as Sally herself went to TJ, made several trips to TJ to the pharmacia with her kids to get it. And her kids were well aware that what she was doing. And when the producers asked her about it, she like said yes, that she had taken them. And they were like, well, what about this? And she's like, I don't want to talk about it because it, it was bad parenting um and you know what's funny is that i could tell that sally has had therapy from the way that she like course corrected in that moment where she's like i don't want to talk about it it makes me look bad and then she's like it was bad parenting and i don't want to talk about it because it's embarrassing and i was like whoa look at that like just taking that deflection or being angry and like turning it into what it is um so she's always her life felt like she was never good enough um and even like childhood we find out later on as well as with ray like ray would belittle her her skill level um he would act as though his bodybuilding was the most important and hers wasn't and so she ended up being the breadwinner yeah and the way she does it is amazing i want to say one thing about ray is that he and they talk about this but he really did not have big calves honey i don't know why it was so hard for me to build them calves honey but he built everything else with them calves i don't know why he just can't sit there and do some calf raises honey take some ballet i don't know what it is but get them get them calves a pumped because like yeah no she she out capped him um yeah so <laughs> she out calved him yeah out calved by sally yeah so this so yes so he is trying to go pro making no money she is working and uh she's not I, so she needs to make mom need to make money for also like her kids and so what ends up happening is there is a guy that has the dirtiest apartment ever go <laughs> is a producer of kink e films in which muscular women are um, wrestling with men and from that you can also book private sessions you yeah. know like and so it's like bill well i think that you know there's a listen there's a lot of interesting things that are sexual in nature where where people don't it actually engage in penetration so we know that like you could be a dominatrix and get paid by guys to, or girls whatever it is to um you know slap them and to like sit on them and to do whatever you want to do but they, you don't actually have to like bone, bone them it's maybe not about that or like they don't need that or maybe you do i'm not quite sure but you don't need to it feels like it's a thing you don't need to do i don't think that she ever had sex with any of these men and the reason why is i think that he would have i think that ray would have not let that happen 
It would have killed Yeah, but her. he was also pimping her out to a certain extent, right? Because this man didn't work. He never even got a job at McDonald's. Like he never did anything. He just expected her to like he never be the breadwinner. And so like she she got it with Bill Wick, who had been producing these videos called Amazon Woman with his wife, who was who had like placed as well in the women's bodybuilding. So he was super into it, right? He was super into to like built women or like muscular women. Um, and we have him built in his house, like with crumbs just all around him. He tries to like do a joke where he's like, I don't look 78. And I'm like, sir, you absolutely look 78. Um, I know. So his first video with her was Sally versus the lemon thief. And it was just terrible. Like it was so bad. She was getting paid $50 an hour and she's like in a thong, uh, one piece <laughs> bathing suit. And this guy is like taking lemons from her backyard. And she's like, Hey, you taking lemons from my backyard. <laughs> and then she like tackles him. He's like, Whoa, you know, whatever. And then it's just like, they always want to see the same thing. They want to see like a guy's face in between her legs. You know, it's like thick thighs, like about to like, you know, somewhat strangle him. You know, the guys in like heaven. So like, yeah, all these guys are just like, Sally, you know? Yeah, and like their face is fully in her poom poom. So I'm like, they were getting a whiff. She was, I like, what if they like nuzzled her with their nose? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Accidents may happen. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just, you know, was, I don't know. It was a lot of poom poom in the face, you know what I'm saying? Um, so she was making this money and she thought like, I could do this myself. I can make my money. So she starts top secret production and her first movie is called Snow Job. And she is running around in the snow that's too deep in a thong. And you know, there's got to, to me, like, there's a certain amount of confidence that a woman has to walk anywhere in a thong. Like, I know back then in the, like, late 80s, early 90s, like, being on the beach in a thong was popular, and then it went out for a while, and now it's full, it's back in full swing. And it's always one of my goals to be that girl, but just not yet. Like, I have to get to a certain place where I'm, like, super comfortable with it, just my butt out. Um, <laughs> but so she was very comfortable with her body, I think, more so than I would have been at that age or not even that age just more so that i am now and have would have ever been she oh, eventually yeah. said say again i said oh yeah i mean yeah of course she is she's very comfortable but she has to literally she's exercises four hours a day you know like she you know she she's in a bikini all the time on stage and stuff like that you know it's like desensitized it's a whole other world that i'll ever know you know yeah so um, she starts doing like things called uh, Private Selena and she went on the base and like ran with the men and actually filmed it. And then she left the Marines in 1993. And um, she's, that's when she started seeing those schmoes, the guys who would pay for her to roll Schmo. around with them like privately though. These are not um. on camera. This is where she would be like flued out and um, like go for 30 minutes. She had a whole log book about how much she made. And these men who would pay for muscle worship, I called it muscle prostitution. Um, um, she something right away, like I'm gonna say this right now, it's like, that's the same thing as like OnlyFans. That's all that is. If she was, if she, if we knew Sally as a weightlifter now, like if, if all the footage we're looking at in the nineties happened right now and she didn't like, you know, kill her husband, God bless. She could have been making so much money in OnlyFans, just doing muscly, fetish shit you know and because also yeah like joe's and schmoes are like on the site we'll just like yeah ask you to do whatever so it's like yep. literally the same thing yep 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 so she um no, talked about no. sorry joe no. schmoes. she talked about how the men um 
Like the guys who were garbage truck men didn't smell, but the guys who were like classy guys would come in there stinky. And I'm just like, oh, girl, you better than me. Um, So she started making $300 an hour and she made $24,000 one year and spent it all on Ray. And he let that shit happen. He let her fly wherever she was going by herself. It's not even like, so like when I think about that, when I think about a man, a husband just taking from his wife, allowing her to do work that, you know, she was okay doing, but like, you didn't even try to work at all. And you just, you couldn't have a four hour a day job and then just bodybuild the rest of the time. Um, it was just like, to me, it's just like trash. I love that about, well, I didn't think about that at all, but like for you to bring up that point, it's like such a me point and I'm so happy you brought it up. Why didn't he get a job at the gym? Why wasn't he a personal trainer? Yeah. I don't know, Chris. Like this is what I'm saying. Like, so when I, when I, cause I, I've watched the series twice, you guys, I watched it one time and didn't take notes cause taking notes kind of pulls you out of it. And then I rewatched it again yesterday. Um, and I was like, yeah, like you can, all of the things that we talk about and the prosecution and the defense and all the things that people might think about this. I just think about a woman who was being physically abused by her husband, um, like literally beat up, you know, uh, black, black eyes, bruises, busted lips, noses. And then she had to go out and like work for him. And then he belittled her and made her feel like she wasn't worthy of it. And yeah, she had her problems too, but I'm like, mm -mm. (laughs) That'll get you shot alone. Just making me work and you just fucking, and then you're cheating on me. We didn't even get to that. So anyways, um, and the calves, there's a lot to be mad at. So, um, he, what happened is that he was going for the Mr. Olympia, a contest and he placed 15 and he 15th in that. And he took his frustration out on Sally. Um, and we get a little backstory about him and this is where we see Sally, like really kind of feel for him. Um, we find out that he was given to his aunt, uh, but his mother couldn't take care of him and his aunt, you know, allowed a situation to be where Ray was taken advantage of by an older male who made him do things to him sexually. So he was a sexually abused person. Um, and she talks about going to his aunt's house and how the how the floorboards were bare, which I don't even know what that looks like and how, you know, there were just roaches everywhere. And I'm like, does he, did he grow up in that? Or was the house always roach infested? Like, I just can't be in places with roaches. Like anybody who knows me knows that. I mean, and not to say that anyone can do it, but I have a very special and specific aversion to it. <laughs> that like, is, I'm, I'm itching right now. Um, so his friends described him as a gentle giant with a short fuse. Chris, what does that say to you? That made no sense. It was jumbo shrimp. It was jumbo shrimp. (laughs) What? His friends, listen, everyone has a little bit of a point of view over what happened because the, the documentary presents the situation. And yes, she is, you know, obviously it's killer Sally. It's about her and her, and it's mostly about because he's also obviously gone. Mm -hmm. It's her POV, but it doesn't, it kind of gives you a little bit of space to try and feel like how things went down and what is real and what's not, because there's so many things involved. Yes. She is a battered woman. 
yes, you know, like what was premeditated, what is real, you know, what is, is she giving you all the information? I don't know. There's just a lot to be said, but his friends have an agenda, right? And so, uh, you know, and so I, it's also obvious that they're very sad that their friend died and they miss him or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, his friends are, um, I'm have every, I'm listen, everyone, this is a great documentary because it's, it's, I like his friends, you know, they're not, they're, they're, they're just like, you can, they're, they're very authentically honest, like about some of the things they saw and some of the things they didn't want to see and they knew about, and they just literally would leave the house being like, I'm not, I'm not here, you know, like, and I'm not, you know, that's a hard place to be because what's someone's responsibility and, you know, what is someone's not someone's business and stuff. So it's all the things they bring up is is very interesting. Why? Yep. I I 100% agree with you. That's where I'm like, I, I struggle back and forth with it um, as a woman, as a black person, as. Yeah, I struggle with it a lot. So um, Shantina says that he was Shantina who was the, the daughter says that he was like Mr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll. Um, but that one day she actually witnessed him coming home covered in blood. And he told his like nine-year-old 13, I don't know how old she was that uh, he got into some kind of altercation at the gym. And it looks like Sally the never even knew. Um, and that's at the bar. Ball. Yeah. That, at the bar that he bounced at. And so then they, so they, they job. right. Which I, then I was like, oh, okay, so what is it? Did he not? So then we go back to, so maybe he just had it. Maybe he quit after he did this, what he did. Um, so then we, so then the producers are very smart to show that first. And then they go to the friend and they're like, hey, do you know what Shantina is talking about? And he's like, yeah, I do remember. Cause I was bouncing with him that day. He basically got really angry and like dug his fingers into a man's eyeballs and blinded him. And like the cops didn't do anything because they knew the cops. And so the guys, it was just like, Hey, you went to this bar and acted up and the bouncers fucking blinded you. So gorge your eyes out. And like, I might, I was like, is he going to sue you for being blind? Like what the fuck did he do that? Like a jury wouldn't be like, Oh, you can't blind someone. I mean, it was like the, the thought of that is very like game of Thrones, mm-hmm. you know, like to the mountain, him. just the mountain, just coming and like Cersei being like, yep, gotta get him. Nothing, I mean, there are a lot of things that like make your skin crawl, but like the thought of someone doing that and having the capacity to do that is like, it would be the same thing as if someone just like chewing off your nose and just like literally like <laughs> the kind of thing where I'm like, how could you? You're a, di- you're a nightmare. You're an animal. You know, like that. It feels like that is extraordinarily uh, devaluing of, of human of human life and yeah. i think that also is probably a direct also you know effect of steroid rage steroid rage sexual abuse childhood sexual abuse um and it's like so to me it's like if you if you're doing that to a stranger your friends know that you're beating up your wife sometimes like you're a threat and to say you're a dental giant but don't but with a short fuse is like no then he's not a gentle giant like, don't say that. And so it was just kind of like, you know, people can be both. You can be somebody, you can be both, but like also leave space for the crazy because that friend, DJ, saw the crazy. So um, we we then go to Sally talking about how Ray used to just immediately go to choking her. 
um, and that Ray broke her nose in front of the kids one day and she reported it. This is when they were still living on the base and he went to the brig and the next day they released him. And then he went and just like beat it, beat her up. And so she had to like pull the charges and her sergeant was mad at her for pulling the charges, but she's like, you let him out. So what am I supposed to do? So we talk about, um, she talks a little bit about her dad, her stepdad beating her all the time. And so she's just kind of used to abuse and she thought it was normal. Um, and that we find out that Ray abused her son, John, um, that he felt that because he was going to school, he was in kindergarten, that he deserved to get whipped. Now, listen, as a black child, I got whipped with a belt. It is culture almost for a certain generation to be whipped with belts and like we call it beatings but they're not like beat down black and blue bloody like beatings right so it's it's interesting to me that this man would feel comfortable to beat a to whip i'm gonna say whip a kindergartner for coming home with an upside down smiley face like it is just that is that is somebody who doesn't like kids that is somebody who like I mean, I was waiting for John to tell me that Ray sexually abused him. Like I was, I was ready for that because I was like, you, for someone who had been, had that kind of trauma done to them, usually they do it to other people. And, and it's a way to like, feel like, well, I had this happen to me and I'm okay. So I'm going to do it to you and you'll be fine. And the whole time I'm seeing John, I'm like, oh, this person is not fine. Like John as an adult is very soft-spoken in a way that doesn't feel natural and he's very reserved in a way that like is it was confusing to me like Shantina is is giving battered she was giving a little bit of battered wife like the way she was like having to relive this as she you could tell she had gone through a lot of trauma with it and reliving it was very hard for her but John's reaction was almost yeah I was really glad that we were leaving because then I knew that it would be over like he was very poignant about it. And so it, 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 I mean, just the trauma that these people had to undergo was just so, um, so, you know, crazy. <sighs> I agree. I agree. He, he looked scared half the time. Maybe he's medicated, you know, mm-hmm. like it could be that, but yeah, he had, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what they've, what they've gone through. You know, I mean, I guess I can't imagine because I literally watched a docuseries and three whole episodes about literally what they went through. Uh, but um, yeah, he, we, we'll learn obviously what happened more about his life post this as we, as we get on. So um, yeah, obviously the first episode is yeah about them. And then the way they structure is the third episodes about the trial. And then we'll kind of like see where they pick up, pick off. But yeah. Um, God, I just, uh, it really is like, it really is sad to hear. And one of my other people that they, they, the interview that I love besides um, the random like sportscaster is this woman who worked for like an entertainment news source. She was the voiceover person for like, let's just say it's not like maybe like entertainment tonight or like current affair. It's not a current affair. It's one of those, but inside edition or something like that. And her point of view as being part of the media that covered the trial as well as understanding the sensationalistic nature of 90s journalism and not that it hasn't changed because there's like the way that the sensationalism uh sensationalism that happened during that media time can be cut now to clickbait articles 
the way in which the media wants you to pay attention to a story by giving you whatever they think is going to grab you, no matter if it's false, misleading, or, misleading or half truth or whatever it is. So, uh, and she's a woman, which I also thought was, was a really great option to hear because the way the media starts to portray Sally is very specific and it's a character and it goes in line to kind of like an archetype of nineties, vindictive, violent women. And that is like, when you, it's, it, we all know this, that lived through it. And then we would kind of like, it touches on a familiarity. We're like, oh yeah, we really were. Same way that we, when we talk about Miss Cleo, there was a familiarity in these, this 90s spirit, if you're the same age of us, of like, oh yeah, we totally were obsessed with that shit. You know? Yep. 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 It's like the OJ Simpson trial. It's the, it's creating characters in order to sway public opinion. And it's now, it still happens now, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't happen in the same way because internet won't allow that to happen, but it happens in cases like Megan, the stallion and Tory Lanez, like the derisiveness from that. And like trying to show like somehow Megan deserved to be shot or wasn't actually shot and is lying. Like, it's just this weird, it's weird. Um, so we end this episode where we talk about how he basically um, raped his wife because he would force her to have sex with him. Sally. Um, he, yeah. yeah, Sally. So Ray raped Sally um, because at, at times to force him, his, hit her to forgive him. Like he felt like if they had sex that um, they forgave him and that he said something like every orifice of yours is mine and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which is so interesting because of the way she paints their relationship versus the way the um, def the people, the prosecutor tries to, 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 to paint it is so interesting. And we'll get into that. We'll talk about the patriarchy. We'll talk about misogynism, misogyny. We'll talk about the way that women are socialized, that it's changed now and it's, it's evolving into a different thing that, you know, could still happen today, but it wouldn't happen in the, in the same way. Um, so that is the end of this episode, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we will be talking about episodes two and three, so please be on the lookout for that. Um, Chris, where can they follow us in between? Ooh, great question, Wa. The answer, Instagram. I would go there first. At DocuSweeties is our Instagram handle. Now, if you, for some reason, want other options, do you, boo, and you can at TikTok, DocuSweeties1, and or Twitter at DocuSweeties1. But Wa, what if you want to see our brilliant faces? And right now mine is right out of the shower and yours is like a goddess. Where would you do that? Oh my God. If you wanted to see um, the visuals of what you're listening to right now, you can go to patreon.com slash docusweeties. Um, it's $10 a month. You get the episode as soon as we have recorded it. So once we're done with this one, we're literally going to drop it onto Patreon. So Patreon's going to get it uh, immediately. They're going to see those visuals. They're going to see the unedited version of it. They're going to see her nostrils right now. You know, all the crazy things that we might be doing. They're going to see it and you're going to see it. Also, you're going to get a live from us every first Monday of the month. Um, Today, I put up a poll asking the Patreon folks what they would like to see. Uh, you know, just like little things. We're going to like send you pictures. Let us let you know what's going on in our lives, perhaps mm -hmm. maybe. Um, so please join us at patreon.com slash docusweeties. If you would just like, if you love this and you would love to support us, it helps us to get this work done. Um, and that's it. Thank you so much for being here. Um, happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. We're wishing everybody the best in 2023. Um, and 
we will see you later. Bye. Bye.